Welcome to EvolveNest.org book reviews. My name is Dr. Darsha Narvaez, and I'm here with Mary Tarsha. We are both at the University of Notre Dame's Department of Psychology in the Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies. Hi, Mary. Hi, Darsha. In these book review podcasts, we discuss books, books aimed at parents and how they align or not with humanity's Evolve Nest and with child thriving. First, a quick review of the Evolve Nest. Humans evolve to be nested. Humanity's Nest for Young Children helps optimize their development, foster thriving, flourishing, and resilience capacities. The Evolve Nest includes soothing gestation and birth, on request extensive breastfeeding, and positive moving touch, no negative touch, a welcoming social climate, self-directed play with multiple age playmates, warmly responsive nurturing from mother and others, nature immersion and connection, and healing practices to repair miscommunication, hurts, and rebalance. Child thriving includes physical health, happiness and well-being, self-acceptance and self-confidence, self-control, emotional intelligence, sociality and social skills, empathy, perspective taking, kindness, active curiosity, and cooperative community participation. The book today that we are discussing is called What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing, which is written by Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. So let's start with our kind of overview of this. Maybe we should start by saying why we chose this book. Oh, that's a good idea. Go ahead, Mary. (laughs) So um, yes, we are interested in this book because uh, Bruce Perry is really a leader in the field and has been for several decades. Uh, not only on child development, but also in trauma, and has been leading the field and helping us become more aware of the impact of experiences, positive and negative, and their impact uh, in in early life. And so he does talk about that throughout the book, about how timing is so important, and he is a specialist uh, in the brain. And so he's always thinking about how life is influencing our brain and shaping our brain, and he does an excellent job of describing that as we'll talk about how the brain is very plastic and influenced by experiences. And so it helps us understand behavior and why people are the way they are. So that's the title of the book, What Happened to You? It's a shift from what's wrong with you to what has happened. And then of course, Oprah Winfrey is very famous and has done also tremendous work in interviewing um, people from all over the world and learning a lot from them. And so together they have teamed up and the book is written as a conversation back and forth between the two of them. And Oprah provides uh, tremendous stories from her own life, sharing how she has experienced uh, numerous traumas and hardships and difficulties throughout her life from an early age. And she shares very vulnerably how those experiences have impacted her throughout her life but it's written in such a hopeful way because she's such a tremendous person that has helped so many across the world and such a success story in many ways. So those were some of the reasons why we chose the book. Good, yes, the book provides some excellent insights into the brain effects of trauma and and promotes trauma-informed practice and how you deal with people who've been traumatized. And there's several main points 
that can assist everybody. <clears throat> First, to understand that developmental trauma is widespread now in especially the United States. Um, the stresses on mothers and families undermine developmentally, developmentally appropriate responsive care for babies, young children, and ch children in general. Too often adults don't understand how a child's acting out is actually trauma related. And instead they use force such as restraint, isolation, punishment that further traumatizes the child. So developmentally appropriate care builds instead the brain's capacities from the bottom up. Now this in, in a healthy family uh, life, you would learn then as a child to self-regulate, then to relate cooperatively with others, and then use reason to guide behavior. But it happens in this kind of staged uh, way, one after the other. You can't start with reason and uh, try to regulate a child who's unregulated. You have to help them get back to regulation first. So these are all points, valuable takeaways from the book yeah, that we That's right. like to emphasize. That's right. So these are all things that the book is pointing out uh, across many stories and uh, case studies of how Bruce Perry really has dealt with uh, individuals who are in trouble in, in various ways, uh, who, have, who are troubled. And so he uses the three R's as the key to healing, and that is regulation, relation, and reason. And too often then, as I was saying, the adults start with reason instead of realizing the child needs help with regulation first, because that's more uh, part of the older parts of the brain that has to be established first. And he does this, making these points by putting in very simple terms, decades of research, both empirically, neuroscientific information, as well as psychological research, and incorporating case studies, individuals that he's worked with personally. So these are great takeaways, but there's also a great depth of evidence behind all of these. Yes, and it's really a, a pleasurable book. Well, <laughs> apart from the topic of trauma, it's a, a, a book that's easy to read in, in terms of its writing style, in terms of the stories that are given. It's, it's heart rendering to read about some of the stories, uh, but it's, um, it's something that I think everybody can benefit from reading. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the other takeaways? When there's developmentally inappropriate experience, the child is often stuck at an earlier stage of development because the, the experiences were not appropriate to help them move along. And so troubled children then become stuck in that uh, early babyhood stage almost, unable to self-regulate. And that impairs then the development of relationships and reasoning, which are the other two R's. And so when a person is unable to self-regulate, that's a signal that there's trauma uh, that has been experienced or some developmentally inappropriate experiences that occurred during sensitive periods when the brain was developing those uh, systems that were related to that kind of regulation. And so in terms of self-regulate, uh, maybe we need to define what that means because that's a maybe more of a technical word. So self-regulation is the calming down, but also with an intention, intentionality. So you're able to do that, which 
you would like to do. And so you're in a place of homeostasis, of calmness. And at the same time, you're able to use these other skills, such as thinking and reasoning and relating to others. And so when you're in that place, you're in a place of self-regulation. And self-regulation is complica- complicated. It uh, involves multiple systems. So the vagus nerve, which we talk about regularly, the neuroendocrine system, the oxytocin system, the stress response, the habits you develop, the immune system, all these things are have to be trained up in effect uh, in early life to work well. And so developmentally inappropriate care is going to not help them develop well. Mm-hmm. So when uh, developmental trauma occurs, it often snowballs across generations. And therapy then to heal a troubled child really should involve the parents because the parents have been the context usually for why that child is dysregulated. And as we note in other books, we (laughs) review (laughs) the parent can be dysregulated and then create a dysregulated child. So it's really important to bring in the whole family in effect. uh, And that's what Perry recommends. And and just a note about trauma. I mean, they do a great job of Oprah asks, you know, what is trauma? It's a word that's used in the vernacular and thrown around a lot. And so they do spend some time discussing that. And he talks about how uh, a trauma is an event and based upon the experience of the event and the effects of the event. So those three E's uh, determines, you know, if this is really a trauma, a traumatic event or not. And they talk about the transmission of trauma across generations, and they lay that out um, in a very nice figure of how this can take place perinatally or, you know, this transgenerational effect. But what also I think is valuable in talking about trauma is they talk about these big cataclysmic events such as war or um, uh, some violation you know, of the person in some very profound way, or even a natural disaster or something like that. But they also emphasize other uh, experiences that are simply lacking emotional connection or something that is persistent is also traumatizing. So I really like that that aspect, um, that there's a lot of nuances within the book for what that means uh, to each person. I like this quote, relational glue keeps our species alive and love is a relational super glue. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking for love, right? Especially if we didn't get it when we were young. Uh, But when we do get it when we're young, uh, loving context, then the evolved nest, uh, that we we feel safe and we feel that the world is predictable and caring. uh, And it develops our worldview about how we address relationships and how how we move through our life. So this unaddressed trauma can move through and across family generations. And you're, you know, they talk about how we need to have this trauma um, informed approach. And so that leads to the title of the book, right? That's right. So that it's what's wrong with you rather than what happened to you. And Perry says the, the lesson for him was that a key aspect of what happened to you is what didn't happen for you. What attention, nurturing, touch, reassurance, basically what love didn't you get? 
and that's uh, neglect, right? Neglect is as toxic as trauma. So again, this is nest related because the nest is all about attention, nurturing, touch, reassurance, and that loving nest of care. So maybe we should go through the nest and see how uh, the book supports or not different parts of uh, components of the nest. So starting with soothing perinatal experiences. Nothing there. <laughs> um, they do point it out, you know, in the transmission of adversity. So there is a little bit of it, but in terms of how to support soothing perinatal, uh, there's not much there, but they do talk about how traumatic events during gestation or even before can be impact, impact later generations. And breastfeeding? Nothing there. Mm -hmm. Positive moving touch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they do talk about the importance of moving, moving and rhythm and um, uh, Perry emphasizes the neurobiology behind it and how powerful that is. And Oprah even talks about ways that she helps regulate herself by going in nature and going for walks and dance, dancing and just the rhythm behind uh, different motions that really help her. How about positive climate? So I, this is throughout the entire book. They really emphasize the emotional tone. So they use that word instead of climate, uh, but they talk about the emotional tone throughout the book and schools and communities in the home. And Oprah emphasizes this actually over and over again. And then Perry helps explain how this gets picked up, you know, even from um, our earliest years. And I do like how he talks about how infants are constantly sensing the emotional tone or the climate that they're immersed in. And so he explains how these memories uh, or these experiences shape our brain. And so even if they're not memories that we can cognitively pull out and point to, it is more of an emotional experience that becomes deeply embedded within our brain and within ways that drive us to behave or react to certain things. And what about play, Darsha? Uh, they do mention it a little bit here and there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, there's some, there's some mentioning of play and the power of really connecting with others. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it sort of goes with the touch and the um, rhythm and rocking and dancing, things mm -hmm. that help you get re-regulated. Mm -hmm. And how about and owl Yeah, owl mothers. So I don't think there's much emphasis on, on alloparenting. They do talk about social connection and social support, but in terms of um, the specifics of alloparenting, there's not so much in there. There are a few case studies that Perry points to of uh, other mothers who they themselves had been in foster care and then are be mothers themselves, how they benefit from a really caring, nurture, a mother figure in their life who, who, who they never had. So there are a couple of stories like that. How about responsivity? Mm -hmm. And so we see that throughout the whole book, it's really about how to provide warm, responsive, and nurturing parenting. And nature connection, Darsha? Only uh, to uh, re-regulate, to take a walk, go outside, right? 
Mm -hmm. So actually that's important. Mm -hmm. yep. And what about healing practices? Yeah, so again, they emphasize the regulate, relate, and then reason. So that is their, their emphasis throughout the book. And um, that is their way of helping to bring about healing. And I think Perry also emphasizes a lot the why. So why parents do the things that they do. And so he sees it from a neurobiological perspective that really helps parents understand the reasons why they're doing certain things are because of the way their own brain has been shaped from their own experiences. And by acknowledging that, then there are, uh, you know, there's a lot of power and freedom to then parent in different ways. So that leads to the emphasis on uh, the plasticity within the brain that he emphasizes a lot and how the brain changes in a use dependent way, which I really loved that part of the book because he talks about just like an athlete needs to practice over and over and over again, right? That is a great emphasis um, example of how the brain, when you use it, the more and more you use it, the more and more it changes. And so it's through practice over and over that we can change behavior. And, you know, we have to do this in very specific ways if we want to change specific behaviors. So he talks about that and connects it really beautifully of what you can do uh, if there has been a traumatic experience or how you can help children who have had traumatic experiences and, and need that healing, those changes. He has a number of case studies where he shows how he builds a relationship with a child over time. And generally it takes at least 12 um, contacts with the person to build trust. Uh, so that's why usually for therapy, it takes at least 10 times of going to therapy sessions with the therapist to feel trust so you can actually open up. But he, he has one case study where he had a young child he was trying to connect to. And what he did was he would uh, see them for five minutes and then leave for a while and then come back for five minutes and then made his 12 <laughs> visits very short, brief uh, times with that child. And then over time, the child then uh, was able to trust him. And he points out, this, this is a nice quote I like, in order to communicate rationally and successfully with anyone, you have to make sure they're regulated. And so he would make sure that this child, uh, the mother was there and they weren't doing anything threatening, you know, and color next to him or whatever. And finally the child started to feel safe enough to build the relationship and actually talk to him. And then you, then he could have the reasoning, right? Then they could have an actual conversation about what had happened. Yeah, so that is a big emphasis throughout the book. Both uh, Perry and Oprah emphasize over and over the importance of connectedness and relationship. And so, you know, that is one of the requirements when we review different books. Are they heart-centered and are they uh, parents are they parenting from a heart-centered approach and I think both of us would say absolutely this book they're parenting from a heart-centered relational way and really teach us how uh, we can do that better by not trying to reason uh, with the child not trying to get them to change behavior before understanding if they're regulated or not so I think that's a, a very important point another quote from Perry 
Your connectedness to other people is key to buffering any current stressor and to healing from past trauma. Being with people who are present, supportive, and nurturing, belonging, that's the key to current stress reduction and healing from trauma. Absolutely. And another quote that he gives is, you know, given love, the un- the unloved can become loving. And so the book is really about how we can understand those who have experienced trauma or understand ourselves if we've experienced trauma and then ways that we can then practice love to others to help them experience love and be loving. We loved it. <laughs> Two <laughs> yeah. thumbs up. <laughs> Speaking of love, yes, we love this book. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> yes, highly recommend this book. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.